Happy Little Friday to all of you out there. Today is October the 28th, 2021, and this is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank. His name is Alex, and his name is Brian Duncan. I don't know if you can see the shirt. Brian Duncan. Legend. <laughs> Brian Duncan. What's up, Brian? What's going on, boys? How's the land? How's everything in the land? Things are good. We're starting to feel that October crispness, you know. We're tomorrow. Fuck, I miss that. 100% yeah. chance of rain tomorrow, so bring it on. I don't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was like 87 degrees out of nowhere today. I'm not complaining, but like, you know, when it's fall, you want it to be fall. Yes, that's true. I was putting on friggin' slippers the other day and turning on my heater. It's the best, man. That hoodie weather. I step out your house, throw the hoodie on. Yes, I love hoodie weather. I'm not going to lie. It's tremendous. <laughs> it really is. There's nothing like the fall, man. There's not like a real fall. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about Cleveland Browns football? Ugh, I'm not not a Browns fan, but oh, you're you know, not. No. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Oh, do tell. <laughs> Pray tell. Pray tell. Pittsburgh, baby. Mm. We okay. are How you feel so about Pittsburgh? Good. <laughs> yeah. Kind of roll reversal there. <laughs> I should have just fucking rolled with it. <laughs> yeah, they're doing great. <laughs> Gunning for the division. Uh, yeah. No, um, I mean, I'm happy for the city. I'm always happy for the city. You know, sure. I've always been a pretty humble uh, Clevelander when it comes to the football side of things. But, um, you know, this is a big, big week, Halloween. You know, I think my Steelers pull it off by 10. Uh, as long as, you know, Chubb doesn't run for 150 on us. I mean, if he comes back and runs for 150, I mean, you know, I think Watt's shutting him down. He's going to probably have four or five sacks. Garrett's going to do his thing on the Browns. You know, it's going to be a dog fight. It, it always is. Yeah. yeah. Brown Steelers, is that is that in Cleveland? Yeah, it's in Cleveland. Mm. Mm. Yep. Mm. That's a good rivalry, man. I've always liked that rivalry. It's not been much of a rivalry in the past, like, 15 years, but they always play each other hard. I, I remember going, I, I don't know, it might have probably just been like a random Wednesday and walking down by the stadium, uh, by the river or by the lake and people selling rapeless burger shirts and <laughs> just like, just, just the <laughs> hatred, the absolute vitriol against Pittsburgh and Cleveland. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. It's pretty good to you see. Know, I would say I wish that game was a night game, but you know, we got a one o'clock game. So, I mean, you know, the sun will be out on Halloween. I mean, you can't really set the stage any better, you know? Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Did you see uh, Tomlin's statements this week when they were talking about it, the USC job and others to him? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool that he's dedicated to the city. Do you fuck with him like as a Pittsburgh fan? you want him to stay as the coach? Uh, For sure. When I see, you know, the amount of other talent that's out there from a coaching perspective, I definitely would rather have him in this seat than somebody <laughs> yeah. who's, you know, you know, a, a, an offense or defensive coordinator for another team per se. But, I mean, he was honestly, if you take my perspective on it, the more I look at it, like he was handed a, a Super Bowl contending team when he came in. Sure. You know, you, yeah. you try to live in, you know, legacy like Bill Cowher's shoes. I mean, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tomlin, I think that my my drawback, so to speak, as a fan is like, I want to see more passion on the sidelines. You know, like sometimes you got to get in these players, you know, ears about things. Right. And I don't mm-hmm. know if he does. I know he does it in the locker room without a doubt, like you seen him in the press conference, that's passion right there. Right. You know, we're not talking about going back to college level when I'm getting paid millions of dollars to coach <laughs> these superstars. Um, but I want to see him have that passion on the field. Like, you know, we get a stupid call, you know, we get a holding call, you know, we lose, you know, big plays and this guy's standing there like, you know, not like it's not even phasing him. And I guess that's him trying to be calm, cool and collected. But like, you know, I want to see you get a little bit, um, you know, I, I want to see you get in these players' faces a little bit more when it comes to those those types of things. I mean, as a coach, like, I don't know, maybe I just had that in high school. You know, um, I just had a very abrasive coach. You know, mm-hmm. he was very, like, you know, quit feeling sorry for yourself, like, just real gritty. Um, I want to see that at an NFL level. You know, yeah. like, I watch, you know, Stafford and um, the coach out there, and, oh my gosh, the guy's got passion, you know? And I think I texted you about that, Frank, too. You know, I just love seeing that guy run up and down the sidelines when they score a touchdown. Talk about Sean McVay? Yeah, McVay, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? What, okay, so what do you think about this? What do you think about... I've heard rumors, because we all heard, like, Aaron Rodgers is leaving the Packers this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you think there's a, a real chance that that would be quarterback option number one for them? Because I, Ben Roethlisberger's done, bro. I give her credit to the dude. He's an Ohio native. I fucks with the man. 
had yep. a great career, but he's he's not the Ben. He's not Ben Roethlisberger anymore. You guys got to move on. Yes, I agree 100%. Is Rodgers the guy? <laughs> I would say yes, as long as we keep our receiving core. If we sure, start fucking yeah. around and, you know, Deontay wants to get traded, or I don't think he would. I think he's under contract for like another three or four years. I don't even know his contract terms, but Juju hasn't done dick. And we got to get a better line. I don't think he comes here if we don't get a better line. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we sold off Villanueva. He's in Baltimore, right? Look at what they're doing. Lamar's got all kinds of time to throw. Like, yeah. He gets sacked every once in a while, but like that's his own fault. I feel like he, I don't think he comes here if we don't have a good line. Like Green Bay's always had a good line. I was just telling Frank about that. I'm like, I heard these murmurs about Rodgers coming to the AFC North. I'm like, and it, it's either the Browns getting rid of Baker or the Steelers getting rid of Roethlisberger. Yeah, for re- oh, dude, if he went to the Browns, that'd be crazy. <sighs> that'd be a better move for him, bro. They have more options, more tools, and a better line. Dude, I would hate that. I would yeah. absolutely hate that. <laughs> like, I would hate that, dude. Because like, what would we do? We would definitely be like the we'd be last every year for the next yeah. five. Eight but who else years. is in that division? It's the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers, Bengals. and the Bengals. Bengals. That's they're gonna be good too, man. Dude, Joe Burrow looks like a real deal. Dude, he's a stud, man. He's yeah. a stud. I liked him before, right before he got his fucking leg hurt his first year, dude. I'm like, this kid's good, man. And yeah. like, you know. I heard a story today about uh, Joe Burrow, and it was uh, forget who he was playing, but he got like sacked and got like sm- or not sacked, but he got a pass off and got smacked like right after. Mm-hmm. And um, he got up, and he the article said he wasn't complaining, but he looked at the ref and he or and his, at his teammates. He goes, "When I'm the goat, I'm gonna get that call." And I'm like, damn, that's what's up. And, and the article said like the veterans were like, True. "Oh, cool, this dude's not gonna get up and whine and bitch like." You'll take mm-hmm. the hit, but no, like, yeah. look, look, motherfucker, one day, one day I'm going to get that call. I, I, that's cool. I, and, I, and he's shown it, man. Him and, and Jamar Chase, man. I'm, dude, I'm, Jamar Chase. <laughs> I'm glad oh, I drafted dude. him, bro. That dude's I got him, too. I got him, too. He <laughs> 44 ball. Dude. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh. Yeah, they're, they're balling out, though, man. So I, good, that's going to be a really competitive division for a while, it looks like, man. It is. It is. Um, that's kind of scary to me, too, you know. I mean, that's the big, like, that's what I'm saying now. Like, if, if Tomlin doesn't fucking light a fire under his own ass, like, again, like, it's just the simple things, man. Like, it's not even, like, hard to, like, you just have to show some emotion, right? Yeah. Because I feel like the players are just like, well, fuck it, you know? Like, we're just going to listen to the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, and, like, he really doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like he holds a lot of weight on game day. Now, again, in the locker room, I'm sure he rips him a new one, you know? Like, yeah. we can't be doing shit like this. We can't be, I'm sure he's in their ass, but, like, I need to see that passion come through right to the television because it's like he's just trying to be cool maybe he thinks in his like i'm gonna be cool calm collected mm-hmm. and like like keep the team cool and so that they don't like get like crazy and then start you know doing crazy penalties or stuff maybe in his head he's just like i gotta keep my cool but yep. yeah you do at a point you got it like you're saying with mcveigh like you know he's all fucking in on that shit and dude, like, he's all in. he's locked the fuck in man and like yeah. i'm not saying Tomlin's not but sometimes i'm like dude he's running some airheaded ass calls question it yeah yeah, yeah you're just predictable Our now, what, what do you say about that about those mishaps versus uh, the importance of longevity or or continuity right because the steelers are, are like famous for having the same coach forever how many coaches have they had? Like less than 12? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you got Chuck Noll. You got, I mean, he was there forever when the in 70s got their Super Bowls. And then it was um, Cower after that. I mean, he handed that directly to Cower. I don't think there was anyone else in between. I think that's their brand, though. Like their statement is like, you know, our front office is the front office and our coaches are the coaches. They don't like making too many big changes like that. Yeah. 16. 16 head coaches. 16. Yeah. See? That's, in 88 that's... years. And five of those were under the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that's when they were playing uh, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but really only 11 coaches as the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's pretty crazy. That is, that's, that's minuscule. I mean, I can think of 10 coaches for the Browns, <laughs> you know. <laughs> In 10 years. In 10 years. <laughs> yeah, this spans from 1941 to 2021 so and that's great oh my god they had three coaches in 1941 so if you subtract that that's insane dude i did not know that about them well digits yeah wow it's it's, it's a staple like that's their thing like they don't like changing that kind of stuff and um granted those coaches were baller i mean i don't know about the 40s that's way before i mean i wasn't even alive for most of the super bowls but i definitely know the history um but at the end of the day, you know, like you said, Frank, the continuity is important to them as an organization. And for it should sure. be for anyone. 
It has to be. Yep, it has to be. I mean, why was uh, uh, Marvin Lewis? Why the fuck was he around for however long he was around for? Never won a, a playoff game. No. And they still kept him. I mean, they did. Yeah. So, I mean, continuity, right? Same guy. Same goes for uh, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. didn't do for them either. <laughs> no, you know, but they he got was to the playoffs forever. a couple times, though. They got a couple playoff victories. They went to the playoffs. I mean, again, it's the Cowboys. It's the same thing. It's a dynasty. It's America's team. Right. Um, yeah. You know, again, these, these brands are real, man. You know, these the, the NFL is a brand, and that NFL face is important to um, showing that to the people. You know, I'm I'm a big believer in that, and even in the NBA too. Um, you know, you got faces of the franchise type stuff, whether it's a player or a coach you know, uh, front office organization. I don't know how many times they show the Cowboys uh, GM. I mean, he's their poster child, you mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous. Now, are you a Cavs fan? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Cavs are doing okay. great. Three-game winning streak right now. Um, we're looking good. Con Sexton, he's a baller. Yeah. Um, everything's Cleveland except for football um, gotcha. and hockey. Hockey, I'm a, I'm a um, Pens fan as well. Um, I like the Columbus Blue Jackets too, but everything else for the most part is Cleveland. Indians. Again, I like when they're doing well for the city, but ultimately, if like we're playing them or there's a divisional game, I'm like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's funny. That's an interesting dynamic. At any point, did you try to be a Browns fan and they just like broke your heart and you said, fuck it? Or you just always are like, nah, fuck never. those dudes. There was never a time <laughs> where I was bleeding orange brown ever. Really? Um, yeah. So it all started way back. <laughs> uh, my mom was a Chargers fan, actually, Frank. Was and, she really? Uh, wow. Yeah, she. I knew I liked your mom. <laughs> I don't know if it was just because of the logo or who they had at the time, but this is like early, early. Um, and then like my uncle was always a Pittsburgh fan, and I think that his dynamic was because his parents were Browns fans, just to be the opposite. Mm. And I think that's just kind of how it bled in. And then of course my mom, obviously, um, huge Pittsburgh fan. I mean, she she pretty much wants to marry Big Ben. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not afraid to tell you that. Um, <laughs> So shout out to mom. <laughs> uh, I told her good luck. <laughs> she says some pretty uh, funny things about him. <laughs> uh, Brian, you mentioned earlier about brands. So like the yeah. the football team, Washington football team, they're going through a brand change. The uh, Cleveland, I don't know, are they still the Indians? Um, yes, as of right now. Is it next year that, that they become the Guardians? They're trying to, but on this just in, uh, there is a roller derby here in Cleveland, women's roller derby called the Cleveland Guardians, and they're suing the Indians. Oh, shit. Wouldn't that be something if they got thwarted by a roller derby team? Brand new. (laughs) The Indians brought down by roller derby. (laughs) Hilarious. Well, So my question was, does it matter if a team is tied to a city? Does it even matter what their name is? Um, Does it matter no. what the brand is? Are they going to still receive the same amount of support? Do you know anyone in Cleveland who's like, ah, no, fuck them. I'm not supporting the Guardians. Um, yeah. I mean, there's people who are like, you know, if they change their name, like I'm not going to any of the games. I won't buy any of the gear, that kind of stuff. But also, you know, to me, those are more like, you know, fair with the fans. Like I like baseball. For sure. For sure. So like, I'm going to rock with, if we got a team here in Cleveland, I'm going to rock with them. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, now, if we sold off, I'd be like, man, you know, that really sucks. Like, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it re-strategizing a brand, I mean, I'm a marketing guy, man. And the amount of stuff that has Indians logos and Indians chief wahoos on things, I mean, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a massive overhaul. And I'm sure they have to have something figured out. But with this, um, you know, Guardians debacle, if you will. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do. If they've already started making Guardians logos for next year, for example, because it is supposed to be mm-hmm. next year, um, that's going to throw a big wrench in their plans. And supposedly they're building a new stadium, my mom told me too. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I mean, Progressive Field's beautiful. They, that's pretty much a brand new stadium when it comes to baseball. Um, huh. Yeah. So there's a lot of craziness um, that's going on with the baseball side of things. Was that ever Jacob's Field? Is that what it was called before? Yeah, Jacob's Field was before it was progressive. Yeah, the Jake. Okay, the Jake. Yeah, and that was yep. hard for people to swallow too. You bring up a good point, Al. I mean, a lot of people. I remember that it was in the nineties when people were like, I am, "They're calling it progressive now. Yeah. I'm not going to go. Like, it's always going to be the Jake to me. You know, just like the Gundarina. Now it's Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So there's been a lot of rebranding here in Cleveland, and um, 
I think that people will still receive it well once it's going. I mean, they don't have a choice. But I do find it hard to believe when you look at teams like Atlanta, you know, the Braves and their symbols, a hatchet, it's an Indian hatchet. You can't mistake that for any other hatchet, um, that they're not, not getting that same scrutiny and they're in the World Series. And, they're- and you know what, dude, so this kind of chafed me a little bit because yesterday Rob Manfred came out, the commissioner of the, of the MLB, and he said that uh, they're not going to take any action against the, the tomahawk chop for the Braves. That's more derogatory than... Thank you! That is... <laughs> not even arguably, that's like objectively far more uh, insulting than the Cleveland Indians. Although their mascot was a, a red-faced person, yeah. I'm not going to get into that conversation. There are people who sure. make tremendous arguments that say that that's really, uh, truly like not in its core racist, but it, you know, it's it's evolved into race. Whatever. You, mm-hmm. you did away with Chief Wahoo. I feel like that could have been enough but if you're gonna if you're gonna have the indians change their name but you're gonna allow the tomahawk chop then what the fuck are we even doing chicago blackhawks yeah we, we could go down that rabbit hole for days for sure i thought it it made it made rob manford just look like a big coward yeah, just a big didn't. pussy i hated that and and what is it like what is it about the tomahawk chop that's acceptable no <laughs> You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, what is it that, that it, why is that acceptable? It just, I don't know, man. It, it really, it didn't sit well with me. And the first thing I thought of was Cleveland. Yeah. I'd be so mad if I was a, if I was an Indians fan right now, like what the fuck is that even? Yeah. And you've been to a couple of tribe games with us too, Frank. You've seen, you might've seen them when you came, um, you know, they, there are protesters for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. like you said, rightfully so, you know, I can see both sides of it. Um, do I hate that they're changing the name, the legacy and all that? Yes. I mean, a lot of people don't, really know or understand like we've had people that were native americans pitching for the indians and that's cool there wasn't and this is like you know years ago so i mean it is what it is you know i'm okay with it i wasn't at first i was kind of like i wasn't like mad about it Mm -hmm. but i was like you know it kind of sucks i then think of the business side right anything that's got a chief wahoo on it is gonna fucking explode in 20 30 years for sure hang on to your shit Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) um 100 you know those starter jackets. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I wonder one day, like if, and and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I wonder one day if like people come for the Padres because it's a friar who was technically uh, Catholic from Spain who had come to colonize and and um, it's a word I'm looking for when you when you convert. <laughs> Fuck. Convert. Uh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> no, thank you. That was later, Al. um to convert people to catholicism and build missionaries all up california where people you know like when is it when is it that people are going to come for for that because if you if you read into it just even a little bit the padres could be incredibly offensive could be uh sure Wait, why? It's just the San Diego dads, right? The, well, the fathers, which are the friars, which are the, you know. The friars. And it could be dads. I, I'm, I'm cool with the dads. <laughs> the San Diego dads. Go dads. No, you wouldn't like Go pops. That, that was, go pops. <laughs> that wouldn't be too bad. You're right. That wouldn't no, be I bad. absolutely wouldn't. It's better than the Guardians. No offense to you. <laughs> if they came for you guys about... About that, though, would you lean into the dad thing, the whole community? Would they be like, no, it's the dads. No, I would fight fiercely for the Padres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the Friars. It's swinging Friar. It's the logo. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I would have felt the same way, I, I don't know, like selfishly about Chief Wahoo. Yeah. And I'm that, sure a lot of people in Cleveland did. I'm sure you can, at is. one hand, accept like, yeah, it's pretty offensive. Also, mm-hmm. it's a beacon of this community. It is like one of the truest representations of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, couldn't that be a positive? Yeah. True. Yeah. Cause what's guardians based off a bridge. Is that what I've come to understand? Yeah. Okay. Not as cool. Not as cool. The bridge <laughs> is damn cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the bridge is damn cool, but like, you know, um, yeah, there's two guardians and they have like little, um, like one's like an automotive. It's basically like branding, like our industrially industrial piece of our city. Like mm. one's got holding like a car and another one's holding something else. Um, but they're, they're pretty cool statues um, nonetheless, but I'm not quite, I mean, it, it's the next best thing, I guess. Right. Right. And, and, and the, I think the point here is that it's tied to a city. Yeah. So like 
immediately by default, there's going to be a following. There's going to be people who support it regardless of the name. Even if they don't like the name, they're going to support the team or or, or the organization. Facebook's trying to go through a little bit of a a rebranding right now. And I don't know, like, have we ever seen a company this big with no ties to any geographical location, with no ties to really anything personal and in anyone's lives, except for the fact that there are, are participants in this organization, try to rebrand themselves like this in such a dramatic way. I, I don't know. I don't think we have. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know if it's like the greatest idea. In my head, it's like, are they doing it? Because they've come under a lot of like pressure lately for a lot of diff- from a lot of different like angles too. But like, are they doing it to try to like remove or like go around this whole idea of like monopolies and trying to get shut down by the government for a bunch of different things and they're too big and all the, all these other like factors? Like, do you think they're doing this to like say, okay, we're meta now, you know, and you can't control our individual things because it's still we're the umbrella company. You can try to like Alphabet. I think Google did kind of like a similar thing. Like, do you think this is a way to like sidestep some of these restrictions they're kind of facing? I think Alphabet was a little different. I think that was just the parent company. The way I understand this is Meta is now Facebook. Like Facebook is not going to be a thing anymore. I've understood that differently. I think I've I've read that they're still going to remain as apps. It's just like they wanted to separate Facebook. That's the social media platform from like the company that owns all these social media platforms. Uh, okay, so Meta okay. is like the umbrella now that encompasses Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, all the other shit that they own. That makes more sense to me. The only thing I can think that they're doing is to try, like, because if Google did that, they're like, well, fuck, that's probably a smart idea. There's got to be like some schemey thing to this. I don't think Zuckerberg would go through all of this if there wasn't. So like, yeah, this is just, you know, brand new news as far as the name change goes it being meta. But um, from what I read about, it, I think it only happened like five hours ago. They came like public with it or whatever. I think that they're changing it. Like you're going to see your app not be a Facebook F anymore, right? It's going to literally be an M or whatever their logo is like. And they're just changing the dynamic of what it is. And that's, that's the crazy part to me, you know, and I've had discussion with people before when they first started talking about it, you know, will people adopt it or not? Right. And um, I, I think last time I was on here, I kind of talked a little bit about crypto, but we didn't go in depth. But, um, you know, the crypto and the metaverse, you know, they essentially go hand in hand. You know, you see it on even the All-Star, even the World Series. You know, they, they're putting the official bank of the uh, crypto on their mountain now, right, for the little advertisements and stuff. So this is a big, big change. And I think it's a monetary change for Zuckerberg to go after that name. And rebranding it as meta is to me, suggests that he's going to be heavily into the metaverse, right? He's going to be making these digital worlds. And that's a whole other conversation. But I've been deep into that stuff. I've been I've been deep down that rabbit hole. There's a lot to explore there. There's definitely a lot to explore there. And, you know, I, I think Al, you brought up a great point that they, you know, they, they're embroiled in controversy at almost every turn. And I think this is like a way for them to like try and pivot from all of that. But Peter Drucker, a famous thinker, uh, has wrote a lot of books on management. When I was in my MBA, uh, we wrote, we read a lot of Drucker and he had this saying, and the saying was culture eats strategy for breakfast. We had a whole course on strategy and you could strategize all you want, but it, it means nothing if your culture isn't in line with that. And I, and I think that like, to me, it just, it seems like they're trying to make a pivot by rebranding this entire image of what Facebook is, but we have not heard anything about how they're trying to pivot from the culture of what Facebook was. And that is to be as heavily invasive in everybody else's business as possible right? 3 billion users in Facebook and they know everything about every single one of them. Nothing about this tells me that they're going to change at all. And nothing about this tells me that we should even begin to trust who they are and, 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 you know, metaverse be damn, you know, all, all that is to me. And I, all I see when I hear the metaverse, Brian, is I see the show Westworld. That's all I see. If you guys are familiar with Westworld, it's yes. like, it's the same shit. It's the same shit he's doing. He's trying to create a virtual yep. universe where mm-hmm. people participate and there's not, 
the 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 business isn't that you participate in this metaverse. The business is that you participate and your data and your participation of this metaverse is then recorded. And that is the business of now what meta is. So to me, this, I don't know, it just seems like so much more sinister than I could possibly imagine. I fucking hate it. Hate it. I didn't think I could hate Facebook anymore, and I hate all of it. Can't stand any. <laughs> this is straight from an article uh, by The Verge. I just, I just, this excerpt uh, jumped out to me. I wanted to read it to you. It says, The metaverse as an idea isn't new, but it wasn't thrust into the mainstream conversation until Zuckerberg started talking about it publicly earlier this year. The concept originates from Snow Crash, a dystopian novel from the 1990s in which people flee the crumbling real world to be fully immersed in a virtual one. While he acknowledges that the origins of the word are a con, Zuckerberg is trying to reclaim the metaverse as a utopian idea that will unlock an entirely new economy of virtual goods and services. In the next decade, he thinks most people will be spending time in a fully immersive 3D version of the internet that spans not just Meta's hardware, such as the Quest, but devices made by others. He's pushing his teams to build technology that could one day let you show up in a virtual space as a full-bodied avatar, or appear as a hologram of yourself in the real world living room of your friends who live across the pr- planet. That's dude. Nope. That sounds like a bad sci-fi movie, bro. <laughs> anytime, anytime somebody says the word utopia, full stop. No, I'm not buying what you're selling. You can't. You cannot promise me a utopia, specifically one that is that is. Based in a virtual world. I mean, we're talking about the fucking matrix. We could do this podcast in the metaverse together, though, Frank. How cool would that? I'd be like, I'm sitting next to you. You know what? It's actually really cool. (laughs) It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. That is cool. I mean, it would be cool to, like, if there was like a hologram of you two right here and I'm chilling, drinking a beer. Like, yeah, okay, listen, that's badass. (laughs) 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 All right. But, but, but. I think I think we're rational enough of adults to understand the 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 terrible implications of what that means. Yeah, long right. term. I, I mean, it's the thing that they say. You know, you fear the unknown, right? You're scared. Of the, it's a very scary thing. And, and you brought up a bar, Frank. Like, dudes already got <laughs> nine billion user piece. You know, information, man. Um, and what mm-hmm. he plans to do with that and market to people and it's already doing it, you know? I mean, is it, is it any different of a, of a feeling or is it any different of a hype than when, you know, social media be- became uh, such a, a giant thing, you know, oh, we, you know, like, like all the benefits of it immediately come to our, to our brain. It's, it's so funny. Cause it relates to this book that I'm reading, uh, uh, talking to strangers. The, one of the things that's always brought up is that we default to truth. So we default to like, like, oh, all of the benefits, all of the great things that could be about social media and we realize them. And then after about 10 to 12 years and like a ton of trauma later, we're like, hey, whoa, hold on. (laughs) Fuck. Maybe this isn't so great. Like maybe we had it all wrong. And I feel like it's the almost the exact same pattern with this idea of a metaverse, although Al, to to that article's point, I I mean, once you start that train, fuck, I mean, good luck bringing it back in the station. Because not only is it like, it's not just like anonymous connection of messages and and posts and sharing links. It's actual, quote unquote, actual face-to-face. It's it's, it's interaction. That's when we start to look like the people from WALL-E, bro. (laughs) For real. Like, if you could do anything you want, hang out wherever you want with whoever you want, why the fuck? Like, you know, think how many people would just sit in those chairs. 500 pounds, 400 pounds. Slob, like, you know, chiseled avatar. Yep, yep. Cartman, Cartman on on, uh, uh, World of Warcraft. You know, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, what's going to happen. Cause it's already happened. It's just uh-huh. it, like, like this, this stuff exists. It's not, it's not yeah. like, it's like you said, Al, it's not a new concept. Mm-hmm. Th- this is a hundred percent here. This is just something that is improved upon something that's built upon something that, that, that they're just building the infrastructure of so that it becomes way more of a, of a reality in our brains. 
I don't know, man. To me, it's terrifying. But I don't know if there's any way to stop it. I don't know if there's any way back. I, I, it, it may just be the momentum of the future, and we have no way of going back from it. Dudes in bed with the CIA and all these companies and organizations, man. I mean, it's little to no control over that kind of giant like that. But to what you were saying, Frank, I mean, what do you think is going on with their skeletons? I mean, you know, we so we heard about the whistleblower. Started coming out talking about 12-year-old girls and I don't know if you guys heard anything about that, but that was the whole craze around Facebook, right? It was that when it started going south and then earnings reports were coming out in October. So like, I feel like they're just trying to, like you said, sweep a lot of this under the rug. You know, they wanted him to talk in front of Congress again. And I didn't ever see that. Like, what was that all about? What do you think happened there? He could talk in front of Congress all he wants. Where the rubber meets the road and, and, and where this is going to go is that their, their strategy is growth. Their culture is growth. That is a winning culture on Wall Street. You will get investors so long as that your trajectory is going this way. So as long as that's as, as that's what's happening, there's there's absolutely no uh, reason for people to stop uh, uh, putting their money into what is now Meta. I mean, I, this to me, although I, I I don't think that they can get away from that which ails them, as long as they can grow, it will only be a small hindrance. It will only be something that that money can solve. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they can bring them down. I mean, who can bring them down? They, they have so much power. I, I yeah. think it's, and like I said before, I think it's so insidious, this move. It's so, it just... It irks me. It, it like it to me. It almost reads like a like a horror movie, um, <laughs> because they they are just like they're doing yeah. the same thing. The pattern is the same. The way that Facebook grew and the way that people were able to latch onto it is the same thing. They're doing it. They're just painting another picture on it, but it's the same thing. And the the trajectory is this. And I, I yeah, I don't I don't think I don't I don't think there's anything that can stop them, regulatory or otherwise. Yeah. Well, they're gonna start trading under a new name. Uh, MVRS uh, on December 1st. So I would buy the fuck out of that stock because I could see that being a cash cow. If they're going to do what they're saying they're going to do, everyone, a lot of people are going to be fucking trying to virtual reality their life. I mean, that's why they bought Oculus. They know what they're doing. It's, yeah. it's all a big plan here. So um, buy that stock December 1st. <laughs> You heard it here. I know nothing about stocks. <laughs> and it's not financial advice. It's not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> Consult your advisor before making any yeah. decisions. <laughs> I'm not licensed. Uh, hey, hey, do you have any Shiba coin, Duncan? Um, no, no Shiba. Um, I owned it at one point, but um, that was when I first started with the um, moving of coins and wallets and stuff like that i really i first really started getting into the crypto space um the only thing i have now that's kind of weird off the wall is um suki inu so shibu it's shibu inu's baby basically so suki inu is the only one i hold right now and it's up 27 percent. so they move almost simultaneous sort of like uh, mirror coins if you will right on um but it ain't booming like no it's not booming like Shibu. no well, it took a, it kind of took a shit today, but um, it is. yeah, a little bit. But I mean, even still, it's still up a tremendous amount mm-hmm. from week over week, month over month, especially like year over year. It's up like five million percent. It drove That's, Doge up today a lot, man. Did it? Doge did had it? like a thirty some percent uh, increase today oh, when I looked sick. last. Right on. I haven't even seen that. Ethereum was only like six to eight. Uh, so how really? do you approach it now, Dunk? Like, like as as there's more and more coming out, and it's not just like the bigger ones as it was. I, I, I don't know, like these, these smaller, smaller ones. Like if, to me, Doge is like, it was a couple pennies. Now it's like 30 cents or whatever. You know, obviously mm-hmm. Bitcoin's huge. Ethereum's like four grand or in that ballpark. But like now you have these little Bitcoins that are coming in at point zero 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 seven, um, and like have such a crazy chance for potential. But like, could it also be looked at as like, just like throwing your money away, just random, like, hope it fucking hits like a lottery ticket or like, is there a strategy to it? Um, my take on it is honestly, you're, you're gambling with those just like you would a penny stock, right? The penny mm-hmm. stock goes to zero. You're fucked. I mean, when well, you just wasted your money, but um, I tread lightly with them. Um, yeah. Like, like I was saying with that Suki Inu, it was the same time I bought Shibu. It had to be maybe six months, probably last time I came on right around that time. And um, I didn't put much into it. Like I'm saying now, you know, I know that it's risky. I know that it could pop. But my goal and strategy is like, if I'm getting in those, I'm getting in to get out. 
I'm not getting in to hold on to those like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or a Solana. So to me, like those small ones, um, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram and he calls them shit coins and other people call them shit coins too. But when they hit, he's like, well, you know, it's the reason they're shit coins because, you know, it's fertilizer, right? So you can <laughs> take that money from those shit coins and you can put it into your Bitcoin. You can use those uh, as kind of uh, bumps, if you will, right? Kind of just big bumps to add to your your other coins and collections that you got. Is Doge in that conversation of like an actual real like cryptocurrency or is that still like kind of just like pebbles in, in the, I mean, I know it's 30 cents to 30 grand or 60 grand, but like, is it a viable coin? I think that it's more viable than the ones that we're talking about now, simply because, you know, you got hype behind it, right? You got people like Elon Musk talking about it and whether it's good or bad, um, you have somebody who's a very big influencer with the big pocketbook to almost instantly move that thing, right? Um, so I think it's definitely more relevant than, you know, Shibu coin or anything like that. But um, I look into a couple of main things when I look at the crypto side now. It's more or less um, who are the founders and what are they into? You know, um, a lot of talk lately has been around the smart contracts, which is what Ethereum's based off of, right? They just, they're trying to create more smart contracts. Solana is another one. Um, I look into the founders and what their strategy is with it. What do they plan to do with this coin and how can it be used? Mm -hmm. um, these smaller ones are like, like we're here just to party. You know what I mean? Like, and some of them are like that, <laughs> you know, some of them are like, yeah, like we're just here to have a good time. You know, we're just minting coins, right? We're just fucking up the <laughs> industry as a whole. Um, but then there's other ones that have very, very valuable missions behind it that support things. So that's more or less what I'll research before I just start throwing a bunch of money at something. And when I mean a bunch of money at my level, it's not much, but there's a lot of people that will take hundreds of thousands of dollars and just start, you know, getting really, really diverse with the portfolio for crypto. Bitcoin's here to stay, you know, no matter what China does or, you know, these other places do, I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, it hit its all time high, I think, what, 66 grand or something. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's sickening when you look at like 10 years ago, if you just put a grand in there and watched it pop right? Um, where you'd right. be at. That's great advice right now. Timing of the market is not as important as time in the market. That's right. That's right. That is the greatest advice you'll ever get on investing and don't come after me from it. Uh, that sounded like a Warren Buffett quote. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure he said that. I'm honestly <laughs> sure he said that, but it's true. It's true. I, I think with cryptocurrency, the, 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 and, and, and you could say the same thing about NFTs, right? There's a lot of people who don't believe, like they don't understand NFTs. They don't really believe it. But, but here's the thing. If Facebook is going to make their entire, they're going to redo their entire business to exist in the digital world, then I think the one acceptance that everybody needs to, to come to is that digital things are things, there is value in the digital. So with something like Shiba Inu, right? The, uh, the owner, the, the founder of Ethereum donated mm -hmm. like uh, a million or a hundred million Shiba Inu to some COVID relief fund in yeah. India, right? Wow. There, there is, and this was last year, there mm -hmm. is an infinite amount of possibilities for the value of these things. And yeah. just because they're not tangible doesn't mean that they don't hold value. So, so, you know, tread lightly, like, like you said, Brian, like, don't, don't freaking bet the house on, on Shiba coin. Right. But also don't let that train pass you because you have to understand that these, these are things that there, there is ab absolutely value in the digital. And I think the, the more that we accept that, the, the bigger that this, uh, world is going to grow. Like think, just think about if, if the biggest social media company in the world is willing to pivot into the digital, right. Mm -hmm. Then, I mean, they've, I mean, they're, they're a technology company to begin with, but, but their whole focus now is going to be on the experience of the digital. There's, there is an untold amount of value for things like Shiba coin, like Dogecoin, like Bitcoin, like Ethereum. And, and the only thing that's going to make them more concrete 
have all 10 toes down on the ground is the fact that you, me, and, and Alex are, are talking about them, are buying them, are holding them, are watching right. them. I mean, that, that kind of thing, that is very, very real. That's called intrinsic value, right? So when you look at like, I get asked this a ton of times, right? I mean, people come to me, ask me questions about it. Like, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about it? Like as a stock, right? When you compare stocks to crypto, that's what most people do. Let's compare stock and then let's compare crypto because you're looking at charts, right? Your stock has intrinsic value because you have workers. They're representing a company. Boeing, we make airplanes and airplane parts, right? There's a workforce of people that need to be there for their stock value to climb or come down X, Y, and Z, right? With crypto, you don't really have that. So just like you're saying, Frank, the fact that a company that has billions and trillions of dollars, quite frankly, um, that you don't even see on a regular basis. It's all working behind the scenes on technology. It's getting pumped here. That's going to blow the NFT space up. I mean, that's going to blow the crypto space yeah. way up. And, and honestly, to my original point, get in so you understand how it works, not to, to make a, a shit load of money. I mean, if your goal is to get in just to try to make a shit tone shit ton of fiat currency just regular paper money you're in it for the wrong reasons right so that's my two cents on crypto you know i don't get in to cash out and then spend it on what be a consumer and waste mm. my money that's not what i do it for but you have to learn how these tokens work and understand that there's fees associated with transferring them to this wallet or to that wallet and now people are going to come in here and they're going to find ways to manipulate the tax system these are all big, 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 big picture things that people aren't even thinking about. And you need to know how to navigate that space. It's very important. And that's just my two cents on it. But you know, mm. you gotta know how to navigate. How long until you think we're gonna see like a MetaCoin now that they're doing this? Like if the idea is to have a virtual world, you're gonna have to pay for shit in that world. And I'm sure they'll accept Bitcoin and all these other currencies, but like Meta will have their own currency, no doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, there's a uh, Decentraland is one of the main metaverse platforms if you will i don't know if you guys are familiar with uh decentraland but they use a coin called mana that's another kind of it's it's creeping up in volume but it's not accepted enough right people don't know it enough but people are already gambling in the metaverse they're buying these horses and they're doing live horse bet racing right this is already hmm. going on um you just don't see it if you're not about that lifestyle you know what i'm saying people right. gotta go to work you know but it's already going on. People are already gambling. People are already losing, like you said, their house, Frank. They're betting it all uh, in, a, in an artificial world. This is going to be chaotic. It'll be very chaotic. You got to keep your blinders on and, and figure out why you're there. That's why I say, you know, practice learning how they work. So that's like on a coin like Shiba right now. I don't own any. I just have Doge and Ethereum really right now. Um, and I don't have Sheba, but like uh, I know Frank and my brother do. And it's been going crazy the last couple of days. And it's like you, you're watching from the outside and you almost get like that FOMO. But it's like, okay, is it worth to take the risk? And then like now, is it worth to take the risk now that it's kind of risen? And it sounds like it's starting to drop. But like all those people that bought into Dogecoin when it was like 60 cents lost their ass when it actually, you know, dropped down and leveled out between 20 and 30. Like it's kind of been bouncing around. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is it smart when you see something like a Shiba that's 60% plus every day and, and carrying, like, is it smart to just jump in and like even just throw a little bit in just to see what happens? Or is there a, a point where, where it makes sense? No, it's smart to start paying attention. It's smart to Great figure point. out where Dogecoin came from, to where yeah. Shiba Inu came from. Who were the mm. first people to know about it? Start getting in those forums, start listening to those yes. people talk because it's not about what's going on now. It's not about that. I mean, you could throw money into Shiba right now and maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't, but you know, who's benefiting the most, the people who are responsible for the downfall today, the people who were up 158% yesterday or a thousand percent to last right, week, a million out. percent from, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they knew yep. about it from the ground floor and they did something like Duncan said, they just threw a tiny little bit at it. Oh, let's yep. see what, th- let's see what happens. Let me just water this little seed here for a second. Exactly. Money that they knew was going to like the money I have in Shiba right now, I'll probably keep it in there forever. Unless it makes me a millionaire, which it probably won't. But if it, it does, could, then dude. fuck you. I'm taking it out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the point the point is that you, you like it's not about what is hot now. It's about finding out how it got hot and where can you get in to, to the ground floor the next time that this comes around because this is not yeah. the last opportunity. And Definitely it's not. never the last opportunity. These markets, as long as markets have been available, the opportunity has been there. So, I, I mean, that's that's what I think. That's a great way to say it. 
the same thing with the stock, man. You know, when you get by the time you get to CNBC to watch what stocks are hot or not, they're already fucking ready to come back down. Exactly. So they're like, yeah, I'm a buyer, but it's way the fuck up here. Like, you're not going to win on that. And they know that. They know that. <laughs> right. They ain't going to tell you that. So, for, for example, today, the Shiba coin, it dropped quite a bit. Um, it's down 12%. It's at, I don't know how many fractions of a, of a cent, <laughs> whatever, right? But at its lowest today, it was at 6423. And right now, it's at 666991. So, when you see it dip like that, that's when you want to jump in. Real quick. I, honestly, tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. Best advice I've ever gotten. As soon as you hit like 10% on whatever the fuck you've invested, take that profit. Yep, go on to it. the next. Take mm-hmm. that profit. Go on to the next. Because if you're sitting there figuring out when you're going to hit the lottery, like you said, Al, or you know, like you saw your rich, well, then you're going to be there forever. All but right. if you have profit, take the profit. Boom. Don't have FOMO either. Yeah, yeah I know. It's hard yeah, not it's to so have hard. it though, bro. So hard, I'm watching dude. the group chat. They're like, Shiba. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not really, but. But in reality, <laughs> like, I, you know, like, honestly, like, it, it's cool to see, but I'm it only is. up $400. Right, that's not right. any like that, not to diminish the like what four hundred dollars. That's that's a good amount of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's not a life changing amount of money. Yeah. If I were right. smart right now, I would pull that out. I was yeah. like, great, I'm up four hundred dollars. That's the best. That's the best investment. Yeah. You, I mean, that's <laughs> as much money as you'll ever get from an investment realistically ever. Yeah, return percentage wise. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Take that yeah. and then put it right back into to Toshiba or whatever when it's down low. Tesla's booming. Those ones are so volatile, man. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And Tesla, I mean, Tesla, the, listen, dude, I love Tesla. I don't, I'll stop short of saying that it's oversold, but when you, when you are as valued as the next nine automakers and they have the same technology that you do, well, something tells me that that's not a, a very prudent or wise uh, investing decision to make is if you're putting in a lot of money. If you're, if you're doing it like that and now you're going to need to, cause it's up over a thousand dollars again. I was going to say just fucking yeah. split the stock every time yep. they want to just, just yep. dilute it. They just split the stock and then it rises yep. above again. I don't know, man, to me, I feel like there has to be a reckoning. Maybe there doesn't have to be a reckoning, but I feel like there has to be a reckoning because there's so much fucking ridiculousness going on. You know, you're, you're saying exactly what I'm thinking, man. There's something going on. It's always like, you know, and I'm like you, Frank, you know, just like you said, you know, if, if something's being oversold, well, then I'm buying it at a discount. So to me, that's how stock, that's how stock price moves. Right. And crypto does the same too. But like, if something's being oversold and it's way down here, like I've been getting probably too deep into this shit, but like, you know, look at an RSI, right. That's exactly what that is. It tells you how much is it oversold or it's overbought. And I'm watching that thing, dude. I mean, I think it's real low for two, three, four days. I'm buying because it has to explode again. Right. And maybe it doesn't even explode, but it, it goes up and it tapers off again. You have to start recognizing patterns with these things. And um, when you start following like one, two or three different, you know, chains, whether it be tech, you know, oil, uh, you know, industrials or whatever it is, you start seeing how they move during points of the year. And mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. Like, that's why I get so excited about some of the, the, that talk, because there's all patterns. You know what I mean? The S&P has never been down in the span of time that there's been a stock market. So what does that tell you? We're approaching new all-time highs with it now. I'm not going to buy it right this second, but I feel like when it has a nice little dip, I'm going to just throw more into that. And that's your stuff you sit on. That's, that's all it is. Long-term and that's long-term that's And that's why, but it's so hard. It's, it's so, so hard, hard when, when you're... And you're emotionally invested in it because then <laughs> yeah. you, then you, then that's why you're thinking about like, oh, like, yeah. fuck, oh, it's like all time high. I'd be yeah. a moron to sell now because who knows where it could go. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, hold on a second. It's at an all time high. That means Discipline. I have profit to my name. So, so a perfect example of this, uh, Janet Yellen just got on the, on the, the Sunday talk shows this Sunday and started talking about unrealized gains tax. Mm-hmm. So if you bought a stock, right? Like say I buy Sheba and I'm up. 90 percent mm-hmm. on shiba but i have not sold my coins meaning that whatever i'm up is not realized it is just a figment of my imagination until i click that sell button and when i sell it that's when it's realized what they're talking about is taxing the wealthiest of us on unrealized gains which hmm. is an easy sell 
to you and I and, 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 and Brian, because we're not the top 1%, yeah, but we... that money is finite. It does not, it's not an unlimited supply. So when that runs out, where do they go back to the conversation about, about investing? If you, if you are on top and you sell on top and then you just hold and wait until things go balloon, then you have power to buy at that point. And that's when you get in. And then when you let it rise and you sell, when you are at a 10%, 15%, maybe you make 20%, which is almost unheard of everywhere else. Yeah. That if you are able to get in that pattern and that cycle and, and leave your emotions at home, that, it's I mean, so that, hard. that to me is when you can, when you can really do some damage. I had, right. a prof- I had a professor tell me that your salary makes you rich and stocks make you wealthy. And if you could figure out how to put your income, your salary into stocks, that's how you build wealth. And yeah, like you say, you have to check your emotions at the door. You can't be emotional about it. Yeah. And you can't allow for the government to tax you on gains that you have not realized. There's a, there's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care how, it's a terrible thing. You should it never, ever, ever allow that. Very bad. Very bad. It's very bad because it's not going to stop with them. It's going to be like, all right, yeah, the, for the top whatever billionaires. All right. People who make 500 million. Okay. Now it's, if you make a million and a half, if you make over 750, it's like, wait a second, I'm trying to get there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. I'm trying to get to that point. I don't want to, I don't want to have to get there and then enjoy my taxes on things that I don't even have. I didn't even realize that it's not even, a, it's not, it's not something that I, I could put in my hand. Yeah. I think at least in the crypto space, I think if you keep the keep it within the same wad or within the brokerage you don't actually physically take it out or make it you know again fiat currency that's where they start making a taxable income you're good you know but with the nfts i know again i've been spending time with these nfts if you sell an nft for more than what you technically bought it for you don't sell it at a loss you got to file that on your taxes Mm -hmm. um you know it's taking your capital gains to a whole nother realm and these things are selling you know they're buying them for 160 bucks some of them were free with these crypto punks, right? They're just little fucking JPEGs and they're selling for $3 million, $2 million, $1.5 million. So people are finding ways to get around that now, right? They're selling it to themselves at a loss and they're not having to report these things. Like that is a big shift in money. And you know who doesn't like that. Um, nobody at this, in the, the top of that pyramid likes that kind of shit. They're like, why aren't we getting that? Why aren't we seeing that? Right. Um, and it's, it is going to be a very dangerous. I mean, I, that's why I say keep your blinders on and educate, like you said, be in those forums and just consistently educate yourself on what is going on. Be in the space. There's a tremendous tool out there called uh, it's, it's, it's offered by TD Ameritrade. It's called paper money. Mm-hmm. And you can take money and you can simulate trades using my, you could, you know, like, let's say you, you want to max out at 5,000. So you have 5,000 bucks and you say, all right, I want to see what I can do with this 5,000 with absolutely zero repercussions. And you can go yeah. in and you can trade, you can buy whatever yeah. you want that, that TD Ameritrade offers. And you could see how you do. And if you're continually getting losses, you're like, well, well, that, oh, thank God I didn't put my money in there. First <laughs> the of all. And, and secondly, you could, you could tailor your, 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 your strategy. And you know, I think that's the best way to go about it. It's just, if you have the ability to do it with house money, you're not going to be realizing anything, but if you start winning and you're like, oh, okay, I'm doing something. Maybe I can put my own money in this and, and, and get after it that way. But, but I think Alex, you asked a question earlier and it's hundred percent true. It's a lottery ticket. It's all it is. If you're going in, you're buying yeah. these shit coins. It's a lottery ticket. You're mm-hmm. buying a lottery ticket and you're hoping it hits. And I hope it does. If you do that, I hope you hit. I really hope it does. Yeah. If you're okay with watching it go red for six months and then it goes all the way green, like good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where not only do you like fear of missing out is one thing, but losing is another. Like if you're watching it, like you don't have to go and pay that money necessarily when it's at a loss. Right. Um, but you have to have something to get in with. So if you're getting in and it immediately goes down, as long as it doesn't go to absolute zero, um, eventually that thing's going to start bumping. So mm. people get discouraged and they pull out and then it goes, right? Because now you're selling it and people mm-hmm. go, oh, well, people are They're selling the stock. Let me that, buy it. That happened to me with Tesla this year, man. I sold it when it was down at like 560 or some shit. Now it's Oof. double that. Yeah. yeah. I sold I sold uh, uh, Bitcoin. It, it went up to like 52. I was like, ah, it'll dip again. And I sold it. <laughs> what a loser. Yeah. What a loser. Yeah. 
dude, that's a lifer for me, dude. That's like an investment for me. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever I'm putting into that, even if like, I think I got some cake swap coin too, right? Cake's another one that I have. And that's the one that's like a trading platform between your crypto. And I'll take whatever I make off of the cake. I don't care if it's $20, whatever is higher than my initial investment, I'm putting into Bitcoin or Ethereum. That's it. Because those are the big mm-hmm. two players. Mm-hmm. I don't care if uh, Bitcoin just ran up to 66. I'm going to put that $20 into that. Right. Because I'm not, I'm then not being emotional. Like you said, checking your emotions at the door. I'm not being emotional about that $20 that might go down on that Bitcoin because it's eventually going to pay me more in right. 10 years. Right. That's a hold for me. Yeah. Makes but sense. Everyone's got their different strategy. Um, dude, Smart. yeah. That's just do what you can. Do what you can. Um, so we are up against time. Uh, Brian, this was fun, and it went by in a, in a flash. It really yeah, did. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you got to come on more often, Mr. Duncan. Yeah, man. Definitely. I'm always down. You know, another uh, topic that, you know, we didn't really touch too much on, I know, was the Joe Biden stuff, that $1.7 he's trying to pass to Congress. Shoot. Um, and that, that's touching on a lot of stuff we're talking about now. Taxing yeah. the rich. He's I mean, it's funny that rich. you bring that up. I, I was thinking on my drive home today, uh, Al, have we, what, have we ever even talked about policy, Biden policy? I'm sure we have. I can't even remember touching on Biden policy. The day that he announced when it was $3.5 we talked about it. That we did. We did. Yeah, but now it's got slashed in half, and they're still getting backlash for it. It sounds yeah, like yeah. I'm. We'll have to talk on it next time. But but it 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 failed again. He brought it up. It. I just I just got some notifications. We're talking like his his Democrat compadres basically were like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why are you announcing this? I'm not on board board with it any more than I was last week or two weeks ago." So it is something that we definitely need to touch on because it, it actually matters. And there's some things in there that I actually do appreciate, you know, that universal pre-K. We talked about that, Al, we, you know, that, that mm-hmm. I, I, I can't come up with a reason where I would say, no, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. If I had to dig down deep and reach, then I might be able to say something about, you know, how I would love for my wife personally to stay home with the kids um, and raise a family like that. Yeah. And this would just push way more <laughs> women into the workforce. But I mean, that, like, again, that's all personal preference. I think it's on the whole a great idea. There's so much going on. But I feel like this is a, a very ineffective presidency that's not reported on for how ineffective it's been. This is true, man. Like, what has he done? What is what is it yeah. what, of, of consequence? If it was there for us to talk about, we would have talked about it. You right. know, it just came out today. Something of consequence. The U.S. <laughs> government is in talks with families that were that had their children separated at the border during the Trump presidency. They're in talks with with giving them money up to four hundred fifty thousand dollars per family for our border patrol, following a law that was in place that Congress had. What the uh... fuck? That's a yeah. consequence. That is I a admit. very important conversation to have. It's a tremendously important conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we st- it's a t- and, and because we d- like we still don't require illegals uh, a, a, a that are coming across our border to become vaccinated. But we want to have and, this conversation about all of our citizens and we're going to give these undocumented families 450. Yeah, that's wild. Somebody make Dude, it make man. sense. Uh anyways, we we are definitely up against time. Um, Man. We are. I wish we could continue this conversation, but Duncan, have you tried our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, yet? I have not. Where is it? What can it be found? You got to do it, bro. I'm just going to skip right to it. As a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10. You'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at GunBarrelCoffee.com. But to the real ad read, drinking a good smooth smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when it helps American heroes like veterans and first responders, it's that much better. Gun Barrel Coffee, our sponsor, is proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. From their medium blend, the Moab, uh, their Double Dark, the Battleship Rose, their CBD-infused blend, the Medic, all their coffees are smooth without that acid or bitterness you find in so many coffees. Uh, and now they even have their own hot sauce called the Big Guns. It's pretty fucking good, actually. I'm a fan of it. like it on eggs. They offer 14 different blends and roasts in which you can get in whole bean, ground, or single-serve pods. And like I previously mentioned, right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at GunBarrelCoffee.com. Gun Barrel Coffee. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause. Here, here. The Padres <laughs> just hired Bob Melvin as manager. Let's fucking go. Who's that? Who that? Who that? Bobby Melvin. He was a manager of the Oakland A's. They stole oh, him from the okay. A's. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. He's a great guy. Great manager. 
Congratulations. Um, thank you. I'm going to get some of this coffee right now, by the way. I'm going on here now. Do it. Get that hot sauce. Yeah, for real. I am, I am, I am. Tavia, <laughs> the hot sauce Tavia, is delicious. Huh? Yeah, they're like 10 minutes from the crib. Real cool guys. Nice, uh, nice. Veteran owned. It's great guys. I remember you. T- I remember that last time, too. I mean, I'm just slipping over here. I'm just, you know, being a dad, you know. Oh, it's good, man. I'm being ready for it. I'll <laughs> know soon enough. <laughs> Pretty soon as no, my friend. I, I can't record, bro. I got this fucking kid. He's crying. I, we got to wait. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I'll call Brian or Bob. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, would like to reach us on, talk to us about anything, or if you want to come on the show and uh, talk about anything we've talked about, agree, disagree, or otherwise, you can reach us uh, on all social media platforms uh, at Twitter at FriendshipNH, on Instagram and TikTok, both handles at FriendshipNewsHour, and you can send us an email. Uh, bummerdude.media at gmail.com that is bummerdude.media at gmail.com Brian thank you so much for being on thank you guys appreciate it adios